All of us have something in our lives that we might feel embarrassed by or something that has happened to us that maybe there is a feeling of shame or there is just something in our past that is holding us back. We feel like we're carrying it around with us. And there are times where these negative thoughts come into our head and we feel like we're not worthy enough, we are not capable enough, and that we're not even worth loving. My guest today is an incredible woman of faith who is trying to change that narrative and to let women know that they are so worth loving. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact, not only with their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Erin Eddy, the founder of So Worth Loving, a lifestyle clothing brand bridging the gap between not talking about self-worth and talking about it. Erin began her clothing brand as a refuge. She needed to be present with other people's stories before she could be truly present with her own. Divorce broke me, said Erin. My heart had to be shattered in order to see the hole that God wanted to fill all along. I had resisted accepting or believing that God could love me so recklessly and beautifully. The enemy watches our vulnerabilities and uses his findings against us, but God always brings beauty back in, she says. Erin is releasing her debut book in January 2021, and she is the co-host of the new podcast, God Hears Her, which launched back in May. The podcast is for Christian women seeking friends to come alongside them in the hurts, joys, and struggles of the everyday. I loved this conversation with Erin. I know I say that a lot, but all of my guests are amazing, um, but they're just, they're all different. And this conversation was just really refreshing. And there is this air and this spirit about Erin that is just filled with joy and with peace. And I just felt um, like the conversation, honestly, in so many ways was for me, but I know it was also for so many of you listening. So I know that you're going to love it. Now, before we get to my conversation with Aaron, I just wanted to thank a couple of our partners of the show. And the first is the Lemonade Boutique. The Lemonade Boutique is a women's clothing with a cause store featuring ethically made and fair trade items from over 10 countries. Every item is made by women facing extreme challenges such as trafficking, poverty, and so much more. Your purchase empowers women to take life's lemons and make lemonade. Shop at thelemonadeboutique.com and listeners of the Business with Purpose podcast can save 15% by using code PURPOSE15 at checkout. And next up, I want to also introduce you to Simple Switch. They are actually no stranger to the show as the founder, Rachel Coyce, was back on the show back in the spring. But Simple Switch is incredible. They are an online marketplace for ethical and impactful shopping. SimpleSwitch.org lets you shop online for more than 3,000 products. <laughs> 3,000 ranging from everyday essentials like toilet paper and hand sanitizer, which we all need right now, to special gifts like journals and jewelry. 
every product has a positive environmental or social impact, like planting trees or fighting human trafficking. Simple Switch is offering a discount exclusively for our listeners. So check out the marketplace on simpleswitch.org and get 20% off your first order with code purchase with purpose at checkout. After two years of global impact, Simple Switch is raising money to grow the company and make ethical shopping our new normal. You can learn more about that campaign at igg.me forward slash simple dash switch. That's igg.me forward slash simple dash switch. All right. Now on to my conversation with Aaron. Aaron, I am so happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. This is so fun. I've just enjoyed getting to know you and seeing your podcast and what you're doing and the impact and that I get to be a part of it. I'm so excited. So fun. And we're already (laughs) instant friends. Um, Well, I want to just introduce you to uh, the listeners. So tell us who you are. Give us the Erin 101. So who are you? What do you do? How did you get to where you are today? Yes, 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 yes. Um, So my name's Erin. I'm from South South Georgia. I'm actually from North Georgia. I live right now in South Georgia. Um, But my parents are both raised in the North. So I'm like a, a weird Southern belle. I didn't really grow up in like the Southern upbringing. Um, my parents manufactured furniture for a little over 45 years and wow. uh, come from a line of entrepreneurs. So I yeah. own a clothing company called So Worth Loving. It's a lifestyle brand and we bridge the gap between not talking about our struggles of self-worth and identity and talking about it. And so there's like a little synopsis. If you want me to dig deeper, I, yes. I can totally dig, yeah, dig, dig deeper. Deep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, it was interesting because when I started So Worth Loving, I started it a little over nine years ago or eight, yeah, nine years ago. Wow. Almost a decade. When I started it, I had no idea I was going to start a company. I had no idea that I would, I mean, I, I had the itch because I grew up with entrepreneurs, but I didn't know that I would, it would be something I could sustain. And so when I first started it, I was actually able to kind of rewind. I didn't go to college, had no idea what I wanted to do. I worked, started working for an organization, a ministry called Orange, one of the largest leadership organizations in the United States. So I worked there, worked my way up, did grunt work, took out draft, whatever they wanted me to do. Yeah. I just was like, I'll do it. You're a workhorse. And yeah, I was because I didn't have a degree. I didn't have any resume and uh, they were taking a risk and hiring me. They trusted me with spreadsheets, which they totally shouldn't have done. Like I'm awful at spreadsheets <laughs> still. <laughs> kind of no formulas, but it's because I Google that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I was working there, the owner asked me, he said, sky's the limit. Like, what do you want to do with your life? What's your aspirations, Aaron? And I thought, uh, I'm doing it. I'm working here. I enjoy my job here. No, like, he's like, no, no, no. Like, what do you want to do? And I, I couldn't answer it because I think So much of my life, I kind of was reactionary, was really bad at school, just trying to get good at school, was kind of awkward in friend groups, trying to become a better friend. Just like I was always reactionary um, that I never really dreamt to where I thought I could do something outside of working under someone. And uh, I started thinking and I thought, you know, I think I want to do music. I think I want to pursue music. So I dove into doing music, which, I mean, you know this, Molly, better than anybody, is that when you start to like admit that you want to do something, it makes you so vulnerable to other people saying, really? Like, you think you can do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 
and uh, and you and you don't want that rejection when you admit that this is something that you want to do. And music yep. for me was like, at the time I'm 22 and I'm like, I felt like an old lady in the music industry, you know, <laughs> to like pursue music. Cause we got Taylor Swift over here at like 10 at honky tonks. So, <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like, there's no, there's no way I could do music. Anyways, pursue music. My music gets placed on commercials and television shows. And, uh, and uh, it starts just like, picking up really fast and going viral and I'm watching this idea and this dream start to transform. And while that's happening, I thought, man, I want to create some sort of like, like product for the people that support my music. You see a lot of artists, a lot of musicians that have fan merch, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll do some sort of fan merch, but feels does they don't, I don't want to call them fans because they, this community of people that were liking my music was more like family because they were believing in me. And so to me, that was like, they're not just admiring it from the outside, but they're making it happen. And uh, I think that's what we can all attest to in, in our businesses is our people in our communities supporting us. Um, and that's what I saw in music. So anyways, I decided to uh, spray paint some t-shirts, put my home address on my blog because I didn't have money to make fan merch. So I was like, I'll just offer to spray paint people's shirts for free and just see what happens. <laughs> and <laughs> which I mean, I put my home address on Tumblr.com. So, you know, <laughs> seems safe, seems safe, super safe, never got anything creepy happen. Uh, <laughs> but people mailed me their shirts yeah. and they wanted this message. And I did that for eight months and I did over a hun- hundreds of shirts of people I don't know. And then sharing their story of why they struggle with self-worth and why they um, wrestle with believing they're worthy of love, Mm. whether it's abuse, anxiety, depression, self-mutilation, addiction, the way they were brought up, what somebody said to them when they were in high school to a divorce that they're going through, just so many different scenarios, so many different circumstances. And that's where I realized this is so much this is so much more than my music. And so I dove into it. And so nine years later, that's what we do. We create product to help bridge gaps and have start conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's such an important conversation to have because we don't have the conversation enough around the topic of self-worth and um, how many people struggle with it, you know, women and men alike. And the different factors that play into whether or not we feel worthy or we feel lovable. I know that uh, a part of your story includes divorce. Um, mm-hmm. And how, how did that kind of play into all of it and, 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 you know, building and growing so worth loving? Yeah, such a great question. You know, I, so I got divorced halfway into owning the company. So when I started So Worth Loving, I was just responding to people's stories. And what I noticed is that after my divorce, I had not been paying attention to my own. I had been paying attention to other people's and carrying the weight of what they were going through, not so much being present for what was going on in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, my business grew very quickly. In some ways, I experienced burnout during the season of my divorce in the middle of sort of loving because we were, we were shipping to 50 states, 30 countries, on over a hundred college campuses. Um, we had a brick and mortar store. 
and we did everything in house and all the fulfillment was in house. So wow. getting the t-shirts, turning them inside out. Cause we saved 75 cents, taking them to screen printers, picking them back up, checking everything, quality control, single folding, stacking, shipping, exchanging, like all, all of that. And then it's a lot. It's a lot. So during my divorce, I, it was like the perfect storm in some ways for me to realize I didn't value myself. I just had burnout and I, from owning, owning a business and it growing quickly, which I'm so grateful for and owning so worth loving, but that's just the natural of owning a business, right? Is like, you do go through burnout. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You can. So when I went through my divorce, I had to go, I had to go through a dismantling to see where my self-worth was found in. Cause I was finding it in my finances. I was finding, finding it in the growth of my business. I was finding it in being in a relationship. I was finding it in the communities that I was around. I was finding it in the network that I had. And if anybody that's listening has ever gone through a divorce, they know that it is a death. It is a death and the person's still there. And, and uh, you lose friends you lose, you get a scarlet letter immediately, um, especially in the Christian community. And uh, you, there's a lot of shame and people pick sides. And so all of that definitely played a part in my wrestling with, am I enough? Like, am I, am I worthy to love? Am I worthy to be loved again? Like all of those questions I had um, after my divorce. And so I got real and became more present in my story and took about a year and a half off from still worth loving. It sustained. Um, we moved everything into a fulfillment facility that did drop shipping and still was a company that was ethical to our standards. Cause that's what I really loved was that I had control over everything. So I knew it all. I knew everything. And so, so to go into that was, was hard, but I had to take a year and a half off and just work on myself and go to therapy and and work for other another organization um, to kind of regain some strength. Yeah. Well, you raise a really important point that um, I'd love to just kind of touch on for a minute. And that's just this whole idea of being a Christian who has been divorced and what the church, how the church has responded um, yeah. and how over the years the church has not been great at supporting people who have been divorced. And um, like you, you said that, that there's been a, you know, scarlet letter sort of placed on you and how, how that can really affect so much. And, and you're right. There's, you know, relationships get affected. And, and so many times people think like, oh, a divorce is really just, in, you know, that involves two people. And I'm, like I've had yeah. um, friends who have gone through divorce and relationships have been broken outside of the divorce and, and so many things. And yeah, it's hard. Um, so I'd love for you to just kind of touch on your experience and like, how did you fight back maybe any negative things that were thrown your way or how did you kind of wrestle with, with that? You know what I'm kind of getting at? How'd mm-hmm. you wrestle with that in, in the midst of it all? Yeah. I'm so glad that you asked that because I feel like this topic needs to be talked about more. Mm-hmm. Um, for us to know how to just love and be a really good neighbor to yeah. our friends that are going through stuff. And we all have things that we go through and divorce has this stigma and we're so uncomfortable with it because we don't talk about it. I really think we're uncomfortable with any topic that we don't talk a lot about, or we don't have friends 
that we sustain in that friendship with on a topic, whether it be divorce, whether it be racism, whether it be politics, those things divide, they can divide. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to divide and he wants to destroy and he'll use anything that has a stigma to do that instead of being Jesus to people. And I had a lot of statements thrown at me. I had statements like, you're not a woman of God if you get a divorce. Can you, when you go to heaven, will you be able to face God and know that you're divorced? I mean, really harsh statements said to me. I've had my student pastor that I grew up with tell me I should not be on stage for I may normalize divorce for young girls. Those statements while they were so crushing and so painful. And I, and I, I say them specifically on this podcast because anybody that's listening probably has had a statement so similar or projected on in that way. I let, and this may sound cheesy, but it's not. (laughs) I, God fought my battles and that's what I decided. I'm not going to just prove that I am emotionally unstable or prove whatever. I'm going to go, you know what? the Lord is in this, he will fight my battle. And in scripture, it says it over and over again. He protects the simple hearted and the simple hearted is the honest and straightforward. I am honest and straightforward about my brokenness with him. And I'm honest and straightforward about the injustice and some of the things that were said to me and the wrong things and the misrepresentation of who he is. And I believe that he's going to fight that and it's not my battle. And so I just... I turned my ear as hard as it was, because let me tell you, of course, I wanted to like wring somebody's neck and be like, who are you to say that? You know, get all angry and just really mad, (laughs) really mad. I, um, that was really hard for me. And even to not put people under a a magnifying glass and expose their statements, people, thought leaders uh, that said stuff like this to me Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I knew that the Lord would would fight it. And he did. And I'm so glad because I felt so much more. It was an opportunity for me to develop a deeper intimacy with him by going, Lord, you see these things. I'm going to trust that you will take care of it. Mm. And it didn't, he didn't do it the way I would do it. Thank goodness. (laughs) He wouldn't be a loving God. (laughs) I know. I know. There are so many times where I, I get to the other side of some type of you know, trauma or tragedy or hardship. And, you know, I, I, I think about what I was feeling in the midst of that, like you said, where it just felt so dark. And then you get to the other side and you realize like, oh, God was so good through mm-hmm. all of it and how he used the, that particular, uh, you know, difficult time to not only draw me closer to him, but also to you know, to impact other people because it gives you the opportunity to then speak into their lives. And so there's, there's sort of a twofold uh, kind of follow-up to that that I, I want to touch on. And the first point is I would love for you to just kind of speak to directly any man or woman who is listening right now who is in the midst of going mm-hmm. through a divorce or a separation um, or their marriage is on the rocks. Um, what would you say to that person right now? Mm. Well, first I would empathize and say like, as much as we want to say people choose divorce, you don't, you don't choose, you don't want it for yourself. And then you find yourself here. And a lot of people want to speak and do it that really don't have the credentials to. So first I just want to empathize that I'm just so sorry that you're going through that. 
I'm so sorry that you're in this space of limbo and uncertainty. And just, it just feels like everything is unraveling what you thought your future was going to be. You know, your future was going to be with a person or for your kids. You wish you could control another person to understand something, you know, whether it be the spouse that you're in separation with, or you wish that you could explain better to your friend groups that want to divide instead of rally around. I'm just really sorry. And then I think that I would say, give yourself so much grace in this time. It's really easy to magnify everything that you've done wrong. Every single hole that makes you human and flawed and um, you magnify your sins, give yourself grace. Make sure to not pick any vices for remedies that will last long. So alcohol is one of them. Like you want to drink a lot. I'm being honest. Like I'm being real here. Yeah. Like you want to find a vice or a remedy to to cope with the pain of heartbreak. And I would encourage you to lean into a healthy direction of taking care of yourself because you are worthy to be taken care of. Mm. You are valuable in this. And I would encourage them to read a book called How to Survive the Loss of a Love. Mm. And it is from 1974. It's written by a psychologist and a um, poet. And that book, is so powerful because it walks you through the grieving, surviving, and thriving process of going through the loss of a love. That book helped me so much. That book and Option B by Sheryl Sandberg. And um, Option B, she talks about the elephant in the room. And I think that's the heart, a lot of the hard parts with divorce is that there's an elephant in the room and it's that I'm divorced. <laughs> Somebody else feels uncomfortable about it, including myself. <laughs> so that's another really great book. Another one would be um, The Soul of Shame. And it talks a lot about shame. And it's written by, I believe his name's Kurt Thompson, um, Christian author. He, he studies shame for a living. Um, similar to Brene Brown. He's a little bit more um, scientific. Hers is more empathetic. So, I, you know, marrying those two together, it's just the best ever. But yeah, that's what I would say. My follow-up question then would be, what would you say to the friends and family members of someone who is going through a divorce? And what are, because you kind of said earlier, is like how to like kind of love your neighbor during that time. Like what are some things, how could someone best love their neighbor, um, love mm -hmm. that person who is going through the, the divorce? Um, do you have any, because I remember like, I mean, it's like I've had some friends who have walked through walk through this. And, and early on, I mean, a lot of times it was like, I would just kind of send text messages like, I love you and I'm here for you. I don't really know what to say, but I'm, I'm here. And, and I would spend so much time Googling like how to help my friend and like, you know what I mean? And, and so sweet. I, I know I'm not alone in that. And so I, I, you know, what would you say, like, what were some things that maybe somebody did for you or what was really helpful to you during that time? Yeah, that's a great question. Also, you're such a good friend that you did the steps of Googling. <laughs> I really did try. I was like, I'm probably messing this up, but I really am trying here. I think that's so. Hey, and that's the thing though, is that there's grace on that end too, because you don't know how, how to respond, you know, like you don't want to shame friends and community that communities that really just don't know how to respond. You, they don't know how to respond. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know until you learn. Shoot. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would encourage them to lean in and stay consistent. 
I think we can have a tendency in the beginning when things hit the fan to lean in, but we don't sustain it and we're not consistent after things start to settle. And I, I think leaning in looks like instead of asking, let me know if you need anything, uh, delivering groceries. Instead of saying, I'm always here for you, maybe taking the initiative to texting a prayer every day. Lord, I just pray that you'll be with my friend as she's going through this heartbreak. She'll feel your hand on her heart. And we know that you'll, you, you will make something out of this and give me the discernment and the wisdom to know how I can show up for her in this. And in, and right now it will be every morning I'm going to shoot her a text message. You know, uh, kind of taking initiative on some, on some areas. I think also not having opinions and expectations of what we think that person should be doing because everybody handles grief mm-hmm. so differently. Yeah. And, and when it comes to a disruption in your life, everything from like when you were seven years old is brought to light. Like lies that you believed about when you were seven, that problem, like that were a trickle effect that got you to this point of 30. So we can't expect and come into this going, well, you know, you should do. We don't know what that person has experienced that has led to this point. And this is maybe now for the first time, shining light on a lot of past wounds. And so just loving and, and not projecting our opinions or our judgments, fighting against lies, because this is, a, this is a great opportunity for the enemy to, have to get a foothold into our thoughts and to misconstrue this idea of who God is. We need to be friends that rally and go, no, okay, you may be losing faith, but I've got strong faith and you're going to lean in on my faith and I'm going to lean towards you. I'm going to be consistent. And uh, yeah, that's, those are some things that mm. I have a lot of opinions. I'll keep rambling. If no, you to. <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. And I think that that's a great spot. Um, and, and I think that that can apply to, to so many different forms of grief. And I mean, I know in, in seasons, but I've walked through grief in particular areas. Like I always tell people, I'm like, you can't say to a grieving person, let me know what you need because they don't know. <laughs> so you have yeah. to just, I mean, it, that's hard because it's, it's, it is well-intentioned. It's not like I like fault people for saying that, but just the reality is, is like a grieving person doesn't know what they need. Um, right. They need you to just show up to their house with groceries. They need you to just send them a Grubhub gift card. Like they need you to just pick them up and take them out to get a pedicure. They need you to just show up to their house and say, I'm going to watch your kids. Here's 20 bucks. Go get buy yourself some lunch and sit alone for a while. Like they need you to show up and do something. And I realize that that's just really hard for people sometimes is to know what to do. And um, so that is really helpful. And I really appreciate you kind of speaking into that. But there are going to be people listening who, I mean, let's just be honest, like the, the averages, the odds are, are, are ever in our favor is that either somebody listening is going through a divorce or somebody listening knows somebody who is and, and, and wants to know how to love that person during this time. Um, you're right. This this is not the time when they need your judgments. They don't need your judgments. So anyway, I could also go off on like a different tangent. I won't, I won't, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But to your point, our opinions and our judgments have the opportunity to do more damage. Mm-hmm. If we can, if we can show up and go, I'm going to, and it's hard. It is hard. Cause I was the friend that also judged. I said, how do couples suddenly fall apart? Like I would say stuff like just statements like that. Cause I thought I knew. And then 
I found myself in something similar. And I think that's when we, the moment that we think we are not susceptible to something is the moment that we are the most susceptible to it. Mm. And I think the posture of going, I'm just going to fight against my flesh because my flesh wants to say this. And I'm going to ask the Lord to give me strength to say this. I think a deeper intimacy is developed with the Lord for that person you're fighting for Mm. when we show who God is to them, when they feel really confused right now and really unlovable. They feel really unlovable. The person that they've been with, whether they are choosing divorce or whether the person is choosing to divorce them, both parties feel unlovable and unworthy. And what better opportunity than to show that you are You are absolutely worthy of love, and I'm going to show it and reflect God's love for you in this season. Mm, mm, Yeah, that's so good. That's so, so, so good. Okay, friend, I am taking a quick break from my amazing conversation with Aaron to just thank a couple more of our partners of the show who really do help to make this show possible. First is, did you know that I have an ethical brand directory on my blog? That is actually what Chelsea used to start finding products for her boutique almost four years ago. Now, Amaz Uma carries over 50 intentionally sourced brands and is the perfect one-stop shop for all of your gift-giving needs. And as a thank you to the Still Being Molly community, she is offering 20% off with the code SHOPWITHMOLLY. Head to shopwithmolly.com for all the details. The next partner is GoX. GoX is committed to a high standard of quality quality of life, quality of fabric, and quality of material to make tees that feel good and do good too. They believe better t-shirts are better for the environment and are committed to sustainable production and limiting their environmental impact. Mega factory shirts will typically travel 16,000 miles in their production journey, leaving toxic oil residue in the ocean. GoX sources their fabric right here. Isn't that incredible? And they ship only 1,200 miles to Haiti to be sewn into shirts and shipped back to the U.S. for sale, leaving a much smaller carbon footprint than the traditional tee. Each of their tri-blend tees contain the equivalent of approximately five plastic water bottles taking them out of the landfills and repurposing them in your wardrobe. Is that not incredible? So you can shop sustainable, eco-friendly t-shirts and sweatshirts with purpose today at goexapparel.com. That's G-O-E-X apparel.com. Now back to my conversation with Erin. Well, I want to change gears just a little bit. I could obviously talk about this for for quite some time, um, but there's some other really, you know, obviously you you have your this amazing lifestyle brand, so worth loving, and you have impacted so many thousands, if not millions, of people at this point in this topic of of self worth and and really helping to talk about the importance of where we find our identity and things like that. And you have a book coming out in January, 2021, which is amazing. So, I mean, for, by the time this airs, it'll be like in, I mean, less than six months, which oh, is gosh. It's like crazy. <laughs> um, see, and then you launched a podcast back in May um, called mm-hmm. God Hears Her. So talk to us about the book. What's the book called? Talk to us about the podcast. What's the podcast about? This is all just really exciting. Yes, absolutely. So um, my book is called So Worth Loving, and it's How Discovering Your True Value Changes Everything. And it's a formal journal where I share a lot about my journey, my wrestlings with who God is, my, uh, my processes, um, my questions, uh, my mistakes that I've made, 
it's kind of a whole my whole journey into understanding my value. Um, so I so that's so that comes out yeah January twenty twenty one, and then um, the podcast and you can pre order it now. Correct. Uh, oh, yeah, now you can because yes. it will be but September. It, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I know it's always so hard, but like we're yeah. recording this a little earlier than it airs. But yeah, so if you're listening right now, you can pre order the book. And I'm just going to say it for Aaron uh, pre ordering a book is like the best thing that you can do for an author. And people always ask, like, well, why do I need to pre order it? Well, the, the reality is, is that when you are pre ordering a book, what it does is it shows uh, retailers like Target and Barnes and Noble and all that kind of stuff is it shows people how much demand there is for this book. And so mm -hmm. they makes their decisions when they're buying and all that kind of stuff. So that's right. <laughs> Pre-order the book. Uh, you can do it, I guess. On, I mean, you can do it pretty much like on Amazon, yeah. wherever book, wherever most books are sold. Wherever a book, yeah, wherever, wherever you want to Google to find a book, you'll find my book there. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, okay, so the podcast. You launched the yes. podcast in May. It's called God Hears Her. And tell us about that. Oh my goodness. That has been such a fun experience. I have always been somebody that's been interviewed, but I've never been the um, interviewer and what a learning experience. And especially with like, we have guests like Philip Yancey and Vivian Mabuni and Elisa Morgan is my co-host. And we have such a fun dynamic because she is, I'm like 33. She's she, I'll say she's somewhere in her early sixties. Oh, I won't ex I share too much. You never should. <laughs> She'd kill me. Uh, <laughs> no. But uh, we have such a different dynamic because of our our age differences. But what's so neat is that we're like best friends. I mean, she is my mentor. I mean, you you listen to a mentorship experience on the podcast. Mm. I'm honest with my questions and my thoughts about who God is. Does He hear me? How does he play a part in my relationships? And I'm, you know, I'm going back into dating and, and I talk about that. Like when you, I'm dating again and I don't know how to date or like, how do, how do faith and, and a lot of my feelings coexist together? And she has this wisdom and she's just, and she's gritty because she's just been through a lot and she's got an incredible story. It's on the second episode where she talks about wanting the picture perfect family and that being broken and realizing that she won't have a picture perfect family. Elisa's just this incredible soul. So you, the whole, the whole journey of the podcast is, yeah, it's just a journey of us exploring conversations together. And then sometimes we get to have guests that do it with us. That's so fun. Yeah. Podcasting is such a, is such a different animal, but it's so much fun. And, and it really just allows you to to have really amazing conversations. I mean, I've learned so much. I mean, in, you know, in interviewing almost a hundred, you know, 220 different people, like I've learned so much from, you know, cause you know, people are like, well, do you ever have guests that think differently than you on the show? I'm like, yeah, of course. Like when I've interviewed 220 people, of course there are people that come on my show that I don't think like, and I've learned something from so many people, but I mean, do I like every person that's come on the show? Yeah, absolutely. Because mm. I think they just, they all have a really powerful story to tell. Mm. And I think we can really learn a lot from people who are older than us or look different than us or think differently than us or, you know, pray differently than us. Like we can learn so much from each other. And I learned so much about God through it too, because I see the the beautiful humanity that he has created and um, it makes us better empathizers. It makes us better sympathizers. It makes us better uh, yeah. neighbors and, and, and daughters and wives and husbands and sisters and brothers and friends. And 
all that kind of stuff. So I love it. Well, uh, for listeners, you should go obviously listen to the podcast, go download and subscribe. That's the biggest thing you can do is subscribe and make sure it automatically downloads when there's a new episode. So I'm just giving you guys the pro tips (laughs) on what to do to support podcasters. Just saying. I'm feeling spicy today. I like it. We're we're getting spicy. Okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, it, you know, that's what it is, is I'm feeling spicy. I like um, it. Okay. So uh, I want to go back really quick uh, before we get to the get to know you round and just, uh, you know, so you, again, you started so worth loving. Um, it has evolved mm-hmm. a lot in, in nine years. And so, um, you know, what is so worth loving today? Cause obviously yeah. when you started it and there was a lot that has happened in the nine years, what does the brand so worth loving look like today? Yeah. Oh man. It is such a cool community of individuals that are sharing their stories of how God met them in the middle of hard seasons, as well as unpacking how to understand their self-worth and their value. So we still create product. We have, we come out with collections every season and uh, they're all different and they're fun. And it's kind of an opportunity for you to buy a shirt, a necklace, a tote, for somebody that you really don't know what to say to that, you know, Mm -hmm. might be wrestling with, but they're worthy of love. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of your chance to go, I got you this, like what better thing than to receive something like a gift in general, and then to receive that you're worthy of love. So we create product. We have a community that shares their stories of the wrestlings with self-worth and value and their personal experience, which you could find your experience looking similar to somebody's, which is really cool. Kind of what we've been, the theme of what we've been talking about is surrounding yourself with, with different people that have different experiences. So we have a deeper empathy for them, but then also we have a side of So Worth Loving called So Worth Living. And that that side uh, gives you resources, mm. books, podcasts to listen to. That's where you can read people's stories. Um, people that don't know really what books to give their friends, what books to read about their circumstances that's going on, or like what organizations can help me with postpartum depression? What organizations can help me with sexual addiction, with narcotics? things like that. So we provide those resources as well um, that you can find on So Worth Loving. If you go to SoWorthLoving.com, you will find all of that there. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's so important. I love that you guys provide not just, you know, obviously beautiful products that people can buy, but there's so much more purpose behind um, the business as well, which I mean, that's why you're on the show. Business with business. <laughs> so, um, but really, I mean, I, I love I love business owners who are using their careers and their and their vocational pursuits to um, to impact people um, in a way that is that is unique and and, and is uh, special. And um, yeah, I, I think it's really really mm-hmm. awesome. Um, okay, Erin, this is one of my favorite parts of the show where I get to just ask some fun get to know you questions. So, are you ready for the get to know you round? Yes. Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any unusual talents? We know that you are into music, so that Mm -hmm. one doesn't count. And that's actually, honestly, also not very unusual, but do you have any unusual talent? Ooh, okay. Um, let's see. Unusual talent. Oh, this is a hard one. I think I'm so boring. You're not boring. (laughs) (laughs) What would be an unusual talent? Do you have an unusual talent? 
I, my answer for that's, a, well, that's interesting. I mean, my answer for it would probably be like, uh, I can play golf. Cause people, a lot of people don't know that is I played golf oh. for like 18 years. So yeah, like okay. I can, I can play golf very well. So, okay. Um, okay. So I, so I can play basketball. Hey, there of. you go. <laughs> so kind of. Kind of. I like to play it. I have a, um, I have a, a uh, basketball court around the corner from where I live. So I just like go there and I shoot hoops, which I don't think anybody would ever, if they saw me be like, Oh yeah, she totally shoots. Hoops. Oh yeah. I would like, not, I would not have guessed that. So no, that's a perfect answer. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Okay. I like it. I like you it. Help me. You help me. You help me jog my memory. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So this question uh, is who would you most like to sit next to on a 16 hour flight and why? See, I, it's funny because the first time I read the question um, or found that question, um, it was like a 10 hour flight. And then I had a 16 and a half hour flight this past January um, coming from uh, Kenya. So yeah, OB to JFK was a 16 and a half hour flight. And um, I was next to somebody who I would not want to be next to on a 16 and a half hour flight. (laughs) So, So if you could choose the person that you are next to on a 16 and a half hour flight, who would it be? Oh man. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. That's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people will say like the Obamas or like Oprah. But I'm like, man, Morgan Freeman. That's a, yeah, I totally want to sit next to Morgan Freeman. Would he be fun to hang out with? I mean, he yes. probably is like, he's an introvert, but has wisdom and will like talk to you, especially if you had like, I don't know, a glass of wine with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the person who was, who was next to me on my flight was, uh, had been Let's just say he had been partaking in adult beverages for the majority of the flight. Oh, no, and, that is uh, not fun. <laughs> he, uh, he was a very close talker. And then at one point there was a marriage proposal. I don't know. It was, it was very <laughs> awkward. And I was traveling with two friends. And um, this is like just a quick side note story. But I was, so I was traveling with two friends. I mean, we were friends. We were going for something with, with uh, our church because we go to Kenya frequently because we have a church there. And uh, so we were going to go visit our, our Kenyan friends. And uh, so, but we were all like, we all had aisle seats like in a row. So we didn't have to like all be, okay. you know what I mean? And so like my two friends are, you know, behind me and they see oh. this, this gentleman who has been partaking in adult beverages for the majority of the flight, like talking with me. And like, I'm the kind of person, like, I want to talk to people on flight. I, I, especially if it's a really long one, like I'll get to know them. I'll hear their stories, but he just kept getting more and more intoxicated. And at one point, like I was standing in the back of the plane because I was trying to stretch my legs and like, he's back there having more beverages. And, (laughs) um, And then like, and then he just was like, well, we're going to get married someday. And I was like, uh, you're going to have to talk to my husband about that. I don't think he's going to like that. Um, and then, and then like he, I went back to my seat and he just, you know, he's like putting his hand on my shoulder. He's close talking. And he looks at my friend who's sitting right behind me, who sees all this going on. And he looks at her and he, he's like, he's like, I'm going to marry her when we get off the plane. <laughs> And I was like, I looked at my friend and I was like, how much time in this flight do we have left? Like, and it was still, we were still like somewhere over the Sahara. Like it just, oh my gosh, oh, it was really rough. Oh, that does not sound fun at all. It was but I don't think that fun. would be the case with Morgan Freeman. No, it would not be the case of Morgan Freeman. <laughs> anyway, that was a really, that was a long tangent, but I'm telling no, you. I that love that. That is, that's also so scarring, but also it <laughs> got you a really great question. Yeah, <laughs> it did. It did. It did. Man, the other thing, this is the last thing I'll say before I move on to the next question is like, 
you don't realize how freaking huge Africa is until you fly over it. You are over the Sahara for 70 billion hours. Like my husband, my husband will always like he, whenever I'm flying to and from Africa, like he always tracks my flights. Cause he just like, he just, he's like, I miss you. And, um, he Aww. says, I mean, and it does true. It takes the same amount of time to fly over the Atlantic ocean as it does to fly over the Sahara. Like wow. the Sahara is just so massive and you just don't wow. realize like how big it is until you fly over it. And you're like, this is just, cause it's for hours. I mean, it's like six, wow. plus seven, eight hours where you're just flying over nothing. Like you look out wow. the window, it's just sand. <laughs> my oh goodness. My it's so big. <laughs> anyway, that is neither here nor there. The listens are like, all right, come on, Molly, get through it. <laughs> this is what you guys love me for, right? Okay. This is why you listen to the show is for the moments when I just go off on these tangents and uh show my true colors anyway okay oh your true colors are beautiful (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you okay so all right so since you told me that you like uh basketball if you were in this hypothetical situation a professional wnba player and you are like a starting power forward okay so they're like starting power forward aaron eddie is coming up to the start the game. You know what I mean? Uh, what is your like hype song that is playing when they're introducing you? Fancy by Iggy Azalea. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you are fancy. <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. I bring a little spice with like a little bit of like femininity. <laughs> I like it. That is fantastic. Okay. If someone were to play you in a movie about your life, who would you want it to be? Rachel McAdams. Ooh, that's a good one. And you do kind of look like her. <gasps> Stop. Like really? You do a little bit. Yeah. She's like, 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 she's, <laughs> guys, she's floofing her hair. Is that the word? <laughs> you think? Zhuzhing. Zhuzhing. Fluffing, fluffing it up. Zhuzhing. <laughs> uh, oh, for sure, Rachel McAdams. Or yeah. who's that actress? Um, she's a redhead. Amy. What's her name? I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Amy, Amy, the redhead. Yeah. Uh, Amy <laughs> Adams. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I like her too. Yeah. No, that's good. I like it. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, my last question is the question I ask all my guests. And that is, uh, Aaron, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Mm, what it means to me to run a business with purpose to me. Okay. So I'm going to try to figure out how if I can verbally process this out loud. So here goes. <laughs> Um, to me, running a business with purpose is that no matter if I'm going to be doing solar flooding forever, or I'm going to be doing another adventure, knowing what my purpose is. So I don't have to have solar flooding to have purpose, but I know what my purpose is here on this earth. And solar flooding is an instrument for that. So to me, business with purpose is you being an instrument to your actual God-given purpose of how mm. God wired you as. Mm. Mm. That's so good. Erin, this has been so much fun. Uh, just such a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, you are a, a joy and a gift, and I'm really grateful for the work that you're doing. And mm. thank you for – now that we're friends, we can uh, stay connected. Yes. And um, it's just – it was a joy to introduce you to uh, the audience today. Thank you so much, Molly, for having me. Thank you. This is wonderful. I'm glad you're my new friend now. Yes. <laughs> 
Dear friend, I would love to know what you loved about this conversation with Aaron or maybe something that you learned or inspired you. If you do, please, please, please let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for so many shows featuring incredible entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener of the show, you know how much I love you, but just thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out, and thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public, wherever you listen to shows and click that subscribe or follow button. Clicking that button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. Thank you again to my show producer, Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose.